Welcome to Annasbrook Church. We hope this message from our Nelson City location pastor, Shannon Johnson, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annasbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Well, good morning, everybody. How are we doing this morning? Give me a wave if you are happy to be inside, in the dry, in the warm, in the presence of the body of Christ, surrounded by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Go on, give me another wave. Give me two, give me two hands in the air if you're feeling a little bit cray. There we go. So good. Well, as, uh, as Paul's already said, I just want to welcome everyone this morning and say it's so wonderful to have you here. Uh, I always think the decision to come to church on a Sunday morning is really the best decision you can make. Um, seriously, the best decision for yourself. You know, there's not many rooms that we find ourselves in during the week that are purely created just to slow the pace down and reset and fix the focus from life's chaos back to God. And uh, that's really what we hear about this morning. We just love coming um, to celebrate uh, our common faith that we have in Jesus, but not just celebrate uh, what He's done, but we come because we are expectant in regards to what He's doing in this season, even if we don't see it, but we know that God is going to do something with us because he's always in the business of doing stuff, right? Do you believe that? Awesome. Well, uh, you got me preaching this morning. I hope you're okay with that. Um, I'll have fun. I hope you guys do as well. So the start of the year, as Paul said, we started this thing called, you tell me, remember, what is, what's our theme for the year called? All right, let's go, following Jesus. This, this whole idea of, you know, somewhere along the way, culture started teaching us that it was entirely possible to be a Christian without being a disciple. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, like it was kind of like, yeah, there's lots of people out there that would call themselves Christians, and I'm sure they're saved. I mean, they've got the badge that says, I'm in the team, and they know the secret handshake. But other than the badge and the handshake, when you look at their life, it's like, well, and where's the rest? And so we decided that as a community, um, we don't just want to be Christians that have the badge and know the handshake, but we wanted to jump in and dive in afresh um, and explore this idea of what does it mean to not just be Christians and give that verbal assent, but actually, again, throw our lives into being followers of Jesus, disciples, apprentices, uh, in the hope that we would know what it is to actually continue to be transformed into His likeness. And so we kind of shorthanded, what is a follower of Jesus? We're just calling it three things. A follower of Jesus is someone who spends time with Jesus, someone who increasingly looks like Jesus, then someone who increasingly engages in the type of activities that Jesus engaged with when He was here on earth. And so we were talking about that and uh, we started a new sub-theme, like a mini theme nestled inside our major theme of following Jesus. Can anyone tell me what that is? Practicing the way, Paul Fox to the top of the class of I had gold stars, you get one on your chart today. All right, so 
We started this mini, um, this mini series, which full disclaimer, it's not gonna be a mini series at all. We're gonna take our time and uh, actually spend as long as we need to really dwell into this idea of what does it actually look like to practice the ways of Jesus. As we explore and open the New Testament, we're gonna be looking at a whole lot of practices or disciplines, our rhythms and routines that Jesus himself and his first followers engaged in. And we're gonna talk about these practices uh, with the hope that by seeing what they did, we would find a clear path and concrete steps that we too can follow to walk in the ways of Jesus. Um, as we've been talking about this list of things, we talked about scripture last week, kicking it off. Really the idea of like, these things are not a list of should do's or ought to's, okay? Sometimes like when we approach stuff like this in our already busy world, it's so easy to see things like this as, oh man, and there's another thing I'm supposed to be doing. But we promised each other we're not going to look at it like that at all. These aren't have-tos or must-tos. Rather, these are things that we could do if we wanted to in order that we would know what it is to become more aware of the presence and the purposes of God in and through all parts of our lives. I know that today a lot of people are aware of the presence of stress in their life, but God wants to remove the presence of stress and replace it with the presence of the Holy Spirit, Right? But that doesn't happen if we practice the way of chaos and the way of warp speed and the way of the world. It really only happens when we learn what it is to engage in the practices of following the ways of Jesus. And so today, we are going to talk about the sacred rhythm, the spiritual practice, the discipline of... Have you guys read my notes? <laughs> Jokes. Show notes. All right. Prayer. What is prayer? Straight up, super simple. Prayer is nothing more, nothing less than a dialogue with God, whether it be out loud or in our hearts or minds. Nothing more, nothing less. And it's such an incredibly simple concept, yet so many people struggle with the idea. You know, I imagine there's some people who be like, oh, prayer. You know, nah, I'll leave that up to the pastor. You'll even find pastors that'll probably say, oh, we've got a lot to do. I'll leave that up to the monks. And I'm sure the monks would gasp in horror and say, look, mate, not all of us can be mystics, okay? But the reality is, prayer is not something that is reserved for some form of spiritual elite. The reality is prayer is something that every single one of us are invited to engage in that we would know what it is to not have to go through the medium or form of someone else to have a relationship with God, but actually through the finished work of Christ, through his life, death, and ascension, right? We would know what it is to actually be able to have a direct connection with heaven ourselves. And prayer is one of the ways we do this. It's nothing more or nothing less than a simple conversation with God, whether it be out loud or it be in our minds. Um, so I guess the framework that I want to take today is this. Looking at prayer through the lens of Jesus and his first followers. Um, might smuggle some Shannon in there, because he's all right. But he's certainly not like his like, top shelf is uh, you know, the creator and saviour of all humanity, right? So I want to look at this idea of prayer through the lens of Jesus 
and the gospels as revealed, uh, and his first followers as revealed through the gospels and the letters in the New Testament. And I have to be honest, I found it real hard to like narrow it down to what verses we should talk about today. Um, I, was, I was up this morning because Julius was up. He's my eight month year old son. And uh, he was up at three and I just couldn't get back to sleep. I was just like thinking about um, stuff like seriously, like 5 a.m. this morning. <laughs> and one of the things I was thinking about was trying to pick prayers or scriptures to look at today. It was kind of like when you were a child and you went to the dairy. Uh, maybe you had like a, a dollar coin or a two dollar coin. And I don't know about you, but like when I was a child, it was so exciting taking a little bit of money to the dairy to buy candy. I mean, I don't know what your personality is like. You could have been like, hey, um, give me four 50 cent mixtures. Um, but that wasn't me. I wasn't like, I didn't want the prepackaged candy. <laughs> I wanted to choose the exact amount and stretch my $2 to fit like my candy and confectionery desires as much as I could. And back when I was a kid, like you can't, lollies were about two, two lollies for five cents was back then, okay? Now, you can, dad tells me about when chocolate bars were 10 cents. Hey, you'd go and buy a Morrow bar, but nah, crazy, eh? And anyone better than that? Two, oh, two cent chocolate bars. Right, Hamish, you must be old. <laughs> um, but oh, like, there's just so many choices. I was like, J- Jersey caramels, anyone? Oh, so good. Um, I went through a phase when there was like, you could get sherbet sticks, two for five cents. Um, but the trick was, you'd open them, but you couldn't suck on the edge of the sherbet stick. Why? Because it'd get wet and block the sherbet. <laughs> so the trick was kind of like to hold it just outside of like, Let's touch and, and flick it <laughs> to get all the goodness. And from time to time, you'd fail. And I was like, such a, you're like, no, my $2, my 2.5 cent investment. But anyway, just so you know, I felt like this when picking what scriptures to look at from the, uh, from the Gospels and Jesus with regards to prayer um, this morning. Because it turns out there is a lot. There is an absolute smorgasbord of them. And I think just in the way I appreciated um, candy as a child, who appreciates opening the scriptures and just getting the goodness daily out of that, that is the word of God. So we're just gonna start um, with the Lord's Prayer this morning. And you might be interested to know this, you probably already do, uh, but there's actually two accounts of the Lord's Prayer in the Gospels. There's one in the Gospel of Luke and there's one in the Gospel of Matthew. And I kind of hybrided them up a little bit on your notes. Is what we're gonna do is we're gonna read through Matthew um, the main passage there, but I wanted to start just by reading the first couple of verses that lead into it from Luke chapter 11. It says this, it says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. I love that. It's not really highlighting the place. It's just a certain place. It could be anywhere. It's not highlighting the place. It's highlighting what he was doing. Jesus was praying. When he finished One of his disciples said to him, Lord, would you teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples? I also love that because how many disciples did Jesus have following him? Like his little posse, his tight knit? 12. But one of his disciples said, Jesus, would you teach us to pray? 
And I really felt like this was an invitation to someone or many someones in the room this morning. It's like, you can be in a crowd, right? The disciples would have known what prayer was like. They grew up in a culture where prayer was very much a part of what they did. But there was only one person that was brave enough potentially, I'm obviously like reading a motion into the text that's not saying there, but come along with me. Potentially there was only one person that was brave enough to speak up and say, but Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? And I love that because whether we feel a little bit inadequate with our prayer life or we're like a seasoned prayer that was like, oh man, I could have given this Sunday a skip. I'd done this course, you know, I'd done 10 trips around the block. Um, What's for lunch? I actually think there's an opportunity here for all of us that can actually say, Jesus, Would you continue to take us on a journey and show us how to breathe more life into our prayer life? I want to jump out of Luke now, and I want to read from Matthew. um, Because after that, he goes into the Lord's Prayer in Luke. It's very short, but Matthew's a bit of a longer. And I just want to read through this. And as I do, read along with me in your heads. I'll read out loud. And I just want you to be thinking as we're reading, what is it about this passage that stands out to you? What is it that challenges you? What is it that impacts you? Is there anything in this passage that resonates with you? Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 to 15. Jesus speaking. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Right? Right there, what do we see? Prayer is not about a performance. God is far more concerned with the quality of our heart than the quality of your words. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. I love that. It's not about the complexity of our prayers. He already knows what we need before we pray. Simple's fine. Like um, Paul said, it's just a conversation with his daddy. Now, I want to clarify that it's his heavenly daddy. (laughs) All right, everyone, let's pray to Full Fox's daddy. (laughs) That is very, very strange. Uh, And I'm sure no one thought that, but I still thought it was worth saying just for a couple of lols. We keep reading. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So pray like this. Our Father. I love that. He didn't say my Father. He said our. He opened it wide for all. Our Father in heaven, holy be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others' trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespass, neither will your Father forgive your trespass. Whew, bit of an intense ending, wasn't it? (laughs) It's like, yeah. All right, here's what I want you to do. Turn to the person next to you. Take 60 seconds each and tell them what was it about that passage that stood out to you, impacted you? Do you have a question that it poses? Is there something that resonates? 60 seconds each. What was it about this that you're like, whoa, go. (laughs) 
All right. If you're a talker, now's a good time to give the other person a turn. <laughs> Let me tell you something that, uh, that stood out to me. And obviously, I think that it'd probably be fair to say uh, there's lots in there. <laughs> in fact, we, we could all be like, all right, Shannon, you shut up. You've given us enough. Stop talking. Let us talk. And I'm like, yeah, we actually could do that. Um, maybe we should more often. I don't know. But here's one thing that stood out to me. I love that he's like, all right, guys, here's how you pray. And he instantly gets relational. I love that. Our Father, who art in heaven, holy be your name. I love that. We've always got to come back to this reality that God did not send his Son. The Son did not come to start a religion, but came to expand the family of God. And I love that because I love my chats that I have with my dad. Um, You know, and I think if you could use that same illustration of the times we just you know, sit around talking about just the stuff that we have in common is really a powerful way for us to see our conversation with God, with our Heavenly Father. Let me read you a quote uh, by Richard Foster. He's actually the author of this book and probably many others called Celebration of Discipline. And uh, if you're a reader and if you're looking for some content to jump in a bit deeper than just Sunday services, this is a really, really good book. Um, And so I would recommend it if you're looking for something to read in regards to spiritual practices, spiritual disciplines, and uh, digging a little bit more into it. That is a great book, Richard Foster's Spirit of uh, Celebration of Disciplines. But he says this, Prayer catapults us to the frontier of the spiritual life. Of all the spiritual practices, prayer is the most central because it ushers us into a perpetual communion with the Father. I love that idea, perpetual communion with the Father. We're talking uh, over the last couple of weeks about this idea of a rule of life. And uh, it it was an idea that was coined first by this guy called Benedict, who became a saint. So we'll call him Saint Benedict, back in the 6th century. And uh, he was a monk and he created, I guess, like a set of rules for the monks in his monastery to follow um, that they could engage in in regards to their prayer times and their ways of um, connecting with the Heavenly Father. And so this was called uh, the rule of Benedict. And over time, it became known as the rule of life. And so we're talking about this idea of like, you know, even though you and I, we're probably not going to sign up for monk, to be a monk. But I mean, maybe there is someone in the room who does. That's awesome. But even though we're not going to sign up to be monks this week, right? The idea of having a rule of life in regards to these spiritual disciplines is something that's really, really powerful. Um, We use the metaphor of a trellis uh, with the idea of, you know, if you've got a plant and you let it grow, It'll grow and assuming the soil's right and it gets everything it needs. But when you provide it with a trellis, 
you can, all of that growth you can funnel in a specific direction. And so we use this metaphor to talk about the rule of life as in a rule of life is it's kind of like a trellis for the soul. Um, you know, as we're engaging in these spiritual practices and spiritual disciplines, the question is where does prayer fit into the trellis for our soul, helping us as we grow in godliness and holiness and in the likes of Christ? And so I was thinking about that because. Like, I don't know, but growing up, I felt so inadequate about my spiritual life at times. Even sometimes I hear other people talking about what works for them. I'm just like, oh, fluff, I better keep my mouth shut and make something up, son. <laughs> you know, like, and I say that because I know that I'm not alone. Uh, I know that there's many people that actually, you know, struggle with what does it look like? to really have a prayer life that's a deep well of living water in and through every element of my life. When I read the Gospels, I don't see a verse that says Jesus woke up an hour before sunrise and prayed for a full hour every day in a specific pace, in a specific way, and if you don't get the time or place right, then your attempts at prayer will be null and void. I just want to let you know that that verse, it's not in the book. Rather, we see that prayer was just a common element of Jesus's overall lifestyle. So here's some questions. Um, you know, I want to ask you, think about these questions in regards to prayer. What's the best time for you? What environment works best for you? And what formats of prayer best help you connect with the Heavenly Father? Um, here's what I'm going to do. Let's talk about the when, because here's the thing. 24 hours in a day, 60 minutes in an hour. Did you know, newsflash, no minutes are more spiritual than any other minutes. No hours are more spiritual than any other hours. Do you know what makes an hour kind of potentially more spiritual than another? What we do with it. So therefore, we have a blank canvas. And actually, it doesn't matter if you're a morning person or a night person. What's most important is not when you pray, but praying. I've always found that the easiest thing is to actually start where it's easier. So my question for you this morning is, when do you find it best to pray? I'm going to put some people on the spot because it'll be fun. All right, Dad, in the day, do you like have a time where you're like, I just love that time. That time just works for me. Like, yeah, well, for me, it is just the early morning. So yeah, how early? Uh, Ooh, easy, Tiger. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so early morning absolutely works really, really well. Um, Simon. So you're, okay, I gotta, we need some diversity. <laughs> Dave. Um, no set time. No set time. Changes each day. Every day, yeah. No set time, it changes every day. I love that. I think that's appropriate as well. I, I, I like having some. Uh, Early morning. I've got to be straight up honest. You know my favourite time? It's not the only time I pray, but my favourite time to pray? Oh man, it's when I hop into bed at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, I got some. Yeah, <laughs> come at me. Let's go. Um, because here's the thing. You could be like, oh man, that's lazy. No, it's not. I love just lying in bed once all of the work's been done. The lights are off. There's no distraction. You're like cosy and you're just like praying to God, wrapping up the day that's been but also resetting and thanking God and asking for prayer and strength and wisdom for everything that's coming. I just love, here's the thing, it doesn't matter when, just let me encourage you, find the time that works best for you. 
whether it's early in the morning, whether it's throughout the day at any time, or whether it's in the evening. Just make some time. Here's another thought. Where? You know, because God created the whole earth. So there's not really like spiritual hotspots and not spiritual hotspots. It's like, actually, no, he created all the earth and all that in it. So what makes a moment special or more spiritual is not the where, but it's what we do in the where. And uh, I thought we'd have some fun. I'll put some people on the spot. I'd love to hear, Joel, where's your favourite place to pray? Outside. Outside. Is there any specific outside or just general outside in nature by the beach? Yeah, I like that. John Gray. Well, I'd get up and leave it up to you. <laughs> Do you know what? That's hilarious. John always drops me notes of people to pray for. So he's not joking. I've literally got notes in my pocket and notes all over my... Hey, but no, you don't just leave it up to me. We pray together. Walking. I love that. Yeah, walking. Not necessarily sitting. Who loves just sitting alone? Yeah, in a room. And Cool. So again, contrast. What is important? Because sometimes when we look at other people, we're like, oh man, it sounds and looks spiritual, but I've tried and it just doesn't work. No, no, no. The key is to do it and find when works for you and where works for you. Because if you do that, do you know what you want to do more? More of it. But when it becomes a to-do list and we're thugging ourselves into a framework that is like contrary to the way that God's created us in regards to our personality, then actually the thing that was supposed to be a well, a deep well of life actually becomes a burden that crushes us. We've just got to find the when and we've got to find the how or the where that works for us. I'm the same. I love praying outside. I... uh, I, in the mornings, one thing I like to do is when I'm biking to work, I go through Eisel Park and uh, there's a little bridge there that crosses the stream. And I just love to pause for 30 seconds, even when it's raining. And I'm just like, I'll, I just close my eyes and I just listen to the stream of the river flowing. And I'm like, thank you, God, that the river of living water that flows from the throne room of heaven is flowing in me And God, I pray it would flow through everything that I'm part of today. It's not long. Sometimes I don't even make 30 seconds. But for me, being outside, the the, the natural metaphor of the actual living water, I'm just like, man, that works for me. Dial that in. Here's another one. You know, what does prayer look like for you? You know, obviously we've got a great example that we read there as a starting point um, in the Lord's Prayer. But, But what does prayer look like for you? Um, let's put some more people on the spot. Tim. I'm picking all guys, aren't I, as well? Sorry about that. I should pick some uh, ladies. Cool. You just wing it. Yeah. I love that. Like, because again, like winging it sounds quite unspiritual. But who plans every conversation they have with someone? <laughs> it's true. Eh? It's like, oh, I'm gonna have a conversation with Donna. I need to plan this. Son. It's like a dear Donna. Good morning and welcome. <laughs> oh, it's true. And it's like sometimes I think we can 
do with engaging our thought a little bit more to what we're saying, but sometimes we probably just need to disengage our head and just engage our heart. It always cracks me, are they? Like, I always think, you know, you probably know someone like this who like prays and they like to include every single name of God um, between like every other words. They'll be like, dear Father, Heavenly Father, thank you, Jesus God, for this day, Father. We thank you that you... <laughs> I'm just like, oh man, I like you. I don't know what you're praying about, but I know who you're praying to. <laughs> oh, so uh, that made me laugh. I was like, oh, I shouldn't probably say that because what if someone does that and offends them? It's not my heart. I just think it's funny. Um, and I love your heart. I was also, you know, some of the humour of prayer. When like, you're at a sporting match and you know there's people praying that their team will win, but you know there's people on both sides praying. <laughs> I'm just like, oh man, I don't even know what to do with that. It cracks me up. Um, but anyway, I love it. The winging side of it. Um, who else? Crystal. When you pray, you know, wakey, wakey, win the morning, win the day. Um, how do you, what works for you? Like, what do you actually do? Cool. Yeah, gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Starting with gratitude and just going from there. Yeah, that's awesome. Donna. Car prayer. Yeah. Mm. Um, on the way back, I'm usually apologising for <laughs> apologising for the day. Yeah. 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 Mm. I really like that thing about forgiveness because interesting how much of a theme of forgiveness was in the Lord's Prayer, isn't it? How it's, it's in there, but then there's also that little um, I don't know what. The, you call the last bit that's tagged on there, but actually, like, there's a huge theme of forgiveness. Kara, did you have your hand up? You're like, just pick me already. Kara. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, so using cre- um, creativity as an outlet and also like contemplative prayer. I'm only repeating it so anyone who's listening to the podcast actually knows what we're talking about, not assuming everyone needs an echo. But I love that. Yeah, I'm the same. Like for me, I was thinking, I like to book in the day and have a stab in the middle. So in the morning for me, prayer, it's usually on the go. I always try and make the first thing that comes into my head, thoughts of gratitude. You know, just thanking God for the day. It's hard at the moment when Julius is waking up. Usually my thoughts are, just go back to sleep, mate. (laughs) Quickly followed by, but thank you, God. (laughs) Um, In the morning, I've just been reflecting on, I'll reflect on a scripture. You know, I think it's good for us to have the word, meditating on the word and the law of God day and night. So um, this week I've just been meditating specifically on the fruit of the spirit in Galatians 5. I love that. I picked out some... uh, some specific ones in it that I could probably do with a little bit of a tune-up. Here's one. Self-control. Oh, man, I've got to stop snacking so hard at night. Eh? I need to learn some self-control. I'm just like, God, help me with that. I need to live a more fasted lifestyle that I wouldn't live in excess in the natural, but I know what it is actually to live more healthily. I've been praying into that. Um, 
midday, I love just having a pause um, where I just stop, take some deep breaths. And uh, I actually use an app. On the back, on the back of that uh, A4, down the bottom, you'll see some resources. Um, I just gave you some resources that have kind of like helped me uh, if you were looking for other things to look into. And so the app there, uh, the one minute pause, I love it. You can even do three minute pauses or five minute pauses or 10 minute pauses, but it doesn't let you do the big ones so you actually do the little ones first. You have to unlock them. Um, but I love it. It's just a moment where it guides me through some prayers. There's music in the background. Um, it reads some scripture out and I love it. It's quite formulaic, but I find it so centering in the middle of the day. Uh, like if, if the day's been crazy or busy or I'm stressed or I've allowed offense or anything has stuck to my soul that is not from God, it just gives me a chance to like water off the duck's back, find myself in the center of God's will again and hand over to him my burdens and receive his yoke, which is easy. I don't know, maybe that's something that you'd um, find helpful, feel free. I, and this, this is how much I love you. I didn't even just assume everyone uses iPhones like me. I even put the Android link there. I was just like, man, great job, Shan. <laughs> Thanks, Gr Griffin's clapping. He's, I assume that's because you're like Android. <laughs> Yeah, he's nodding. <laughs> Throughout the day, I, um, I also love, um, there's, a, there's this old monk, again, he was called Brother Lawrence, and he wrote a book called Practicing the Presence of God. And uh, he just really, his whole thing was being prayerfully aware of the presence of God in the mundane, whether he was cooking food or doing the dishes, whatever it was as he was going about the daily office, he would try and never keep his heart and his thoughts a thought away from the fact that actually the presence, the Holy Spirit was with him in that moment. And I love to try and do that. I don't always succeed, but there's just something great about actually, you know, not just waiting for a moment, but acknowledging that in, in every moment, even if we're unaware of it, it doesn't mean God is not with us. So good, right? Um, another thing I love to do is intercessory prayer, not just praying for ourselves, but praying for other people. Um, and do you know what? Intercessory prayer doesn't mean you have to pray for ages, right? You don't have to sit in a room and pray for someone for two hours. Actually, it's just praying for other people that the provision of God would meet the need of the person in need. And I love that. That's why I like John. He hands me notes, not every week, but most need, um, weeks. Um, we've got what he calls the hit list. And he just brings a list of everyone he knows in his world that he's meeting, whether he really knows them or he just knows them in passing. And every week we just have a list and we just pray for them. And do you know what the great thing about prayer is? We're not praying to a universe that's fixed and unshiftable and unmovable. But actually, um, I don't know who said it, but someone said, God doesn't move except in response to prayer. And I love that because as we've prayed, we've actually seen some answers to people's health that can only be described as God showed up in their situation. So I love praying for people um, throughout my day. And then at the end of the day, I, I, like I said, I like to sit in bed or lie in bed and I do what, what's called as um, the prayer of examine. And it's just a prayer where you meditate and reflect with the Holy Spirit about the day that has been. And I've just got some questions I like to ask myself. The first thing that I do is I... Uh, I either do a couple of things. One, I just close my eyes and I imagine myself walking down a stairwell into my heart and sitting at a dinner table with the Trinity. And like, 
I just love the, in, the imagery. It works for me. Or sometimes I'll be lying there. I'll, I'll think of all the metaphors that are used to describe God, you know, like living water. And I just imagine water flowing in the top of my head and flowing out the tip of my toes. Or, you know, where Jesus said, I am the true vine and you are the branches. Sometimes I just imagine every part inside of me just being a flourishing garden. Um, sometimes I lie there, you know, God has revealed himself as a refining fire that burns away the impurities. So that which is alive and, and, and most pure is there. Sometimes I just imagine, I'm just like the heat of the refining fire. And I just start there, just invoking an awareness of the Holy Spirit in my moment. And then I just go through being grateful, a list of anything I can think about, big and small. What am I grateful about the day? Um, after that, I start to go through the moments of the day, thinking of all the moments where I was aware of God's presence and then the moments where I was unaware and trying to figure out what is it about the way I conduct myself or what is it about moments that either help me tune in or tune out from what's God doing and really thinking what would it look like to increase my awareness of the presence of God through every moment, like Brother Lawrence taught in his book, Practicing the Presence of God. And then I pick one thing. <laughs> Donna's doing heaps in her car ride home. I just pick one. Maybe it was a bad attitude or something where something really triggered me. Or, and I just like, Holy Spirit, what's the lesson to learn? I want to grow. Um, I want to reflect. I want to be a tree that reflects the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of the flesh, right? And then after that, I just pray, God, tomorrow, you know what's in store. Would you give me the strength? Would you give me the wisdom to attack everything with grace? and to be a shining light for your kingdom that everyone encounters me would encounter you. And uh, I know there'd be some people in the room like, okay, first off, mate, that imagination stuff you're doing, that's a bit flowery, isn't it? I'm like, that's all right, works for me. <laughs> some people be like, hey, that's pretty formulaic. You know, you do the same questions every night. Yeah, so life-giving for me, it just works. And that's what I'm talking about. I reckon when it comes to prayer, we've got to find the when that works for us. We've got to find the where that works for us, and we have to find the what. Because if we do, let me read you this quote by Dallas Willard. He said, Praying with frequency gives us the readiness to pray again as needed from moment to moment. The more we pray, the more we think to pray. And as we see the results of prayer, the responses of our Father to our requests, our confidence in God's power spills over into every area of our lives. Don't you love that? I do. All right, Trinity. Have we reviewed all our time? Nice. We got halfway. Give yourselves a clap. I think we did well, right? Come on, give yourselves a clap. We got halfway. All right, Paul, come up here. Um, I'm going to pray for us all. Then Paul's going to close the service. Um, and then we will go hang out in the foyer. But you'll see on the far page there, um, just see where it says some verses there about Jesus is still praying for us to this day. Come over here, Paul. Come stand. You can come hang out. You can stand over here. Would you like a sip of coffee? No, thanks, much. Okay, thanks, sweet. Awesome. I just like, I wanted to get here regardless of if we actually got there. But I just wanted to remind you that, you know, as we look and as we examine prayer through the lens of Jesus and his first followers, Jesus has never stopped praying for you. He still prays to you, for you to this very day. When Jesus ascended to heaven, he didn't get up there and take off his humanity and hang it on the cloak and say, ah, oh, job done. Next, 
right? You know, when he was hanging on the cross, he didn't say, I am finished. He said, it is finished. And one of the most incredible things that we see in regards to prayer and the character and the nature of God is actually when Jesus chose to come to earth and to slip into humanity, the fullness of God, but contained in the fullness of man. He actually chose to do that and to remain in that state for all eternity. Jesus' resurrected body, it is his resurrected body, but when he ascended, he is still sitting at the right hand of the Father, fully God and fully human. In these verses, um, I'd have to scroll, I will scroll. I love this, Romans 8. It says, Jesus is the one at the right hand of God and he is interceding for you. I love that. Hebrews 7.25, right? Therefore, if he, talking of Jesus, is able to save completely those who come to God through him, why? Because he always lives to intercede for them. Come on. Jesus didn't stop doing a good work on your behalf when he ascended. He didn't take off the humanity cloak and hang it up on the hook. What an incredible thought in regards and a glimpse to the character and the nature of God, knowing, as 1 John 2 verse 1 says, this, it says, but we have an advocate with the Father. It is Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Isn't if we've been talking today, the Holy Spirit is present with us, but Jesus isn't. He couldn't be here today because he's with the Father praying for us. And prayer is something each and every single one of us has been invited to do. It's not a religious formula. Remember the quote a couple of weeks back from Paul Scanlon? We've been designed not to be religious. We've been designed to be spiritual. So remember this, when you pray to the Heavenly Father, there's two people praying to the Heavenly Father, you and Jesus. And Jesus is praying for you. How cool is that? Can I pray for us all this morning? Then I'm going to pass over to Paul and he's going to tell us what is next. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the time we've been able to spend here together. And we thank you for this exciting adventure we're taking at the moment of really what does it look like to follow in your way, to not be just people that wear the Christian badge and know the handshake, but people that truly are being transformed into your likeness so that we would know what it is to have the communities that we live in transformed. Pray for every one of my friends. Holy Spirit, scriptures say you're a helper. I pray that you would help everyone here in regards to their prayer life. That as we leave this place, that there would be new growth in regards to how they feel with their confidence and desire and just having a chat with you. God, I pray for any barriers that stand in the way of us really having a prayer life that's a deep well. God, I pray that you would either just remove those barriers so that we would move on, or if there's a work to be done, that you would show us the barriers that we need to work on. We love that we get to follow you. Sometimes it's hard, but we know that doesn't mean it's not worth it. We're in it for the long haul, and we thank you that we're never alone even one step of the journey. God bless my friends here today. Bless their weeks, bless their families, and bless everything they put their hands to as they set their hearts for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, 
please get in touch with us. Email us at info at or visit our website.